Hey, what's going on, my friends? This is Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary. We do this every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. What is going on? You're seeing something different with me, I know. I know. Hold all comments. I'm I'm a, uh, a bald, beautiful man this morning, and uh, I'm proud of it. So uh, if you like the baldness, drop me a comment below. If you've thought about shaving your head, man or woman, during this quarantine, drop a comment below. Uh, I want to know over this next week if you got the guts to do it. Do you have the guts to do it? Um, I was sitting around yesterday, and I was uh, actually Saturday. I was sitting around Saturday, and you know, I was kind of pulling my my long hair. And of course, ladies, I got a lot of empathy for you because, and, and really, honestly, any dudes that have long hair too, but ladies particularly, um, you know, be, for washing it. Oh my gosh, my hair was so long this last month and washing it was, was uh, like such a chore. So anyways, um, yesterday, wife, Aaron, many of you know my wife, she just took the old buzzers to it and uh, we said, okay, um, uh, this is it. We're going bald. So um, I challenged my wife also to go bald. Um, she didn't take me up on that challenge yet, but um, I, I don't know that I'd look to expect that. But anyways, um, another cool thing, and I want to talk about this with you guys this morning. Uh, I've been watching a documentary about, it's called The Last Dance. It's with Michael Jordan and, you know, the late 80s 90s Chicago Bulls and if you've seen this before as a matter of fact I made a comment to Matt before we started this show this morning and uh, he said that he had actually been watching it as well and man like what a powerful what a powerful documentary for for me somebody who is you know interested in in uh you know, in, in winning, in greatness, in focus, in perfecting a craft. And you can see the title of this, at least on some platforms, maybe all platforms, um, is You're Only Successful When. And this was a quote by Michael Jordan, You're Only Successful When You, um, you Do a Successful Action. And that was the that was the entire quote. I, I don't think I butchered that. Um, you're only successful when you make a successful act or action or take a successful action. And, you know, like for me, <laughs> watching this documentary, first and foremost, it's taken me way back, baby. It's taken me back into my early childhood because for me, growing up, sports was a big deal. And I really think that for me, sports, playing sports anyways, um, you know, playing sports helped me to develop so many positive qualities that I use to this day. And I don't know if you played any sports when you were younger, but it taught me how to be competitive. It taught me about teamwork. It taught me about persevering through tough situations. It taught me about, um, you know, playing uh, like leaving everything on the field or leaving everything on the on the court. I was a I was a baseball player, so sports taught me how to leave everything on the field. Um, it taught me just a lot of lessons that I use to this day in business and in life. And it, it it I think one of the biggest things that it taught me was how to deal with pressure. 
And a lot of times we get into wanting to start a business. And if you're just tuning into this, you know, into this, uh, uh, Matt, give me the exact quote. You're only a success at the moment you perform a successful act. That was a quote from Michael Jordan. You're only a success at the moment you perform a successful act. And, and yeah, so like for me, when I went in to start a business 10 years ago, and many of you guys know my story of coming off of a lot of hardships and struggles and being at the lowest point in my life. When I went to start a business, I didn't have any of the skill sets. I didn't, I wasn't a good copywriter. I couldn't have gone live and it took me 40 takes to shoot a video. I'd be like, and of course we didn't have cell phones or iPhones, but we had cell phones, but not iPhones. So we had these little flip cameras and stuff. And, uh, I can remember, I don't know, if you guys have ever done this, but I used to make my wife like hold the camera for 40 takes and you know, she would just be so not only exhausted, but, but pissed off at me because, you know, she's like, that one was fine. You know? And I'm like, no, it wasn't good enough. You know? And so I didn't have a lot of the raw skills. I wasn't comfortable in front of cam uh, the camera. I wasn't a good writer. As a matter of fact, many of you guys have heard the story. I used to write emails out to my list and uh, they would reply and send them back to me and say, this was the worst thing I've ever read. Never email me again. And so a lot of that just had to do with the fact that I was a ninth grade dropout and my grammar sucked. Um, not like kind of copywriting grammar, like co good copy is unorthodox writing. It's not like perfect everything, but I'm talking about misspelled words, which I still do a lot to this day, but thank God for spell check. Um, but, you know, I, I would send my email copy to my wife and she would send it back to me after she had edited and then I would send it out. But the point is, is that through all of that, the, the hate, the, the comments, the pushback, the negative feedback, the, the friends and stuff who were like, oh, what are you doing? Like, it sounds like a scam or something, whatever. The, the, you know, I had all sorts of weird feedback and, and comments made about when I was posting stuff on social media. Like for me, playing sports at an early age, I, I think helped me to develop some of the, the, the dynamics, not the mechanics, because I needed to learn the mechanics of the business. Just like you need to learn the mechanics of any business. If you're going to be a carpenter, if you're going to be a plumber, if you're going to be an accountant, you need to learn the mechanics of the business. But the dynamics of the business, which is all these characteristics, perseverance, grit, grit's a big one. I had developed playing sports at an early age, and I contribute a lot to that. You know, my parents put, you know, really sports was a big emphasis. I did pretty well in school without needing to study a whole lot. So I played a lot of sports. We were super involved in sports and just, it was just kind of a family affair and it was a big focus and I loved it. And, you know, it was just a place for me to sort of escape, I think too. I think it's a place for all of us to escape. Even, even as adults, we watch games and get so involved in leagues and so forth. And it's just kind of a way for us to escape reality and just kind of, you know, hang out in a fantasy land and, but either way, the point is I took away a lot of positive qualities from playing sports at an early age. And so a major part of me growing up was also witnessing and watching Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and the greatness that they were. And I didn't actually know what I was watching. I just knew that it was an amazing, like it was fun to watch and it was amazing. And of course he was branded really well. 
but you know, be like Mike was the Gatorade slogan. Um, Air Jordan was the Nike slogan. How many of you guys grew up in that time and were like influenced by those 90 Chicago Bulls? I mean, if you if you weren't paying attention to that, if you didn't know who they were, you had to be living under a rock. I mean, but me being a in 19 <coughs> in 1990, I was seven years old. So that was like seven through 15 was those 90s Bulls. And, you know, that was a huge part of my early life was w witnessing, watching them play in, in, in the greatness that they were. And, you know, now looking back, I've, I'm able to see in even this documentaries helping me to understand why that era, why he was so great, why that was so impactful, and also why the marketing from Nike and also from, from uh, Gatorade was so powerful right, was so powerful of an influence on society and culture. And I think there's a couple of takeaways. I think there's a couple of lessons from both a, a success and greatness standpoint and also a marketing standpoint. Because Jordan, what I learned about Jordan in this, in this documentary in terms of the marketing aspect was that they were somewhat on purpose with going and getting a contract with Nike. He had an agent who originally wanted to go with Converse because Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Raw had shoes contracts at Converse. And then they, they, they weren't willing to put Michael as like the star, right, in front of those other guys. So Michael said, well, I want to go to Adidas. But Adidas, that didn't work out. So his agent went and sought out Nike, who had just come out with this new air sole, but had primarily created shoes in the track and field space. And they did a, a shoe and a campaign with Jordan. And, of course, it, it just blew up. Um, they started to do commercials uh, that Spike Lee would produce and actually even was a part of, uh, if you guys remember the Spike Lee commercials. So that sort of helped to um, infiltrate the urban areas of America with the shoes and kind of make it not only something that was attractive to basketball players and, and athletes, but also something that was associated with style. And it was the only basketball shoe that was associated with actual style, okay? Actual style. Um, and so it was a brilliant marketing move on, number one, the agent's perspective to, to go in in. In, 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 in kind of go to Jordan about the shoe deal, but also to mastermind the Nike deal. But then the whole marketing work that happened with Jordan in, in the Air Jordans after that was a, was a marketing masterpiece. I mean, the way that they made shoes and, of course, kept coming out with different versions and iterations. And I mean, who doesn't own a pair of Jordans? Like I've owned so many pairs of Jordans since I was young. And I still have a couple of pairs sitting in the closet like that was a big deal back then. And the reason why I ended up owning a pair of Shaq's Shaq had a deal with Reebok Iverson's Iverson had a deal with Reebok. Like the reason why I started to associate style and also I played basketball with shoes all was rooted in Jordan Air Jordan because the first pair of basketball shoes that I ever bought were Jordan's, you know, and like that was obviously to this day, that's become a like an icon in style. And then the Gatorade campaign, I like to be like Mike, you know, like it, it just 
that slogan, that's the power of, a, of, of imagery and a slogan, you know, with your marketing, your branding, to be able to kind of put Jordan up on this pedestal, like, like to be like Mike and something catchy. You know, a lot of times we kind of create these brands or these <coughs> these taglines that are super, you know, hard to remember or long or whatever. And something so short and sweet like that is it's memorable. Like I think about some of the other commercials like um, the uh, I want a structured settlement or I don't know what the words are, but I need cash now like the J.G. Wentworth or whatever. Like that's one that is pretty easy to remember. Um, one eight hundred four one one pain. There's this other. I don't know if that's in your area, but it's like this this uh, um, accident lawyer chasing or uh, ambulance chaser. You know, personal injury referral service four one one pain. Sort of similar to one eight hundred ask Gary, to where if you've been in an accident, you can call this and they'll refer you to a lawyer. It's essentially affiliate marketing. Um, but all these are really catchy little slogans. Think about the Monday night football tune. Like these are all catchy slogans. So anyways, they really capitalized on that little slogan, want to be like Mike. And then the imagery of him playing with kids, the the one that sticks in my mind particularly is the one where he's dribbling on the basketball court and the young kids there and he's slapping them on the butt, you know, just kind of playfully, you know, and it's just this powerful image that you know, put Jordan up on this pedestal and made him a cultural icon as well as a, a sports icon. Moving into the takeaways about the success and the greatness, you know, I think it's interesting. I always like to hear people spitball their takeaways from certain things because, you know, you might have saw something that I didn't see or take away something that I didn't take away from the documentary or even from watching Jordan grow up and play all those years. I'd love to see that in the comments. First of all, have you seen the it's called The Last Dance. It's trending right now. It's super, super popular. Have you seen it? First of all, let me know in the comments. And if you did see it, what did you take away? I'd love to know, because for me, from a success and a mastery standpoint, what 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 I took away and what was so fascinating was that like when Jordan came into the league, he was a young, like super successful singular player. And when he went to the bulls, he, you know, he, he became like the scoring, I think he became the scoring title champion right out of the gate. I think he was, he was the rookie of the year. I think he became the MVP of the year, the second year. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but anyways, he was sort of known as this guy, who could only succeed on his own or was, you know, just kind of a one man show, but he couldn't win championships. And normally in a sports in in the sports profession in the off season, a lot of the players will go and take vacations. And the year that they went to the either I think they they got knocked out of the Eastern Conference Finals by the Pistons. Um and, and that was a huge rivalry between the Bulls and the Pistons. Remember Isaiah Thomas uh, and they and Dennis Rodman actually played on the Pistons at that time as well. <coughs> and they were super hardcore. Like, they were tough. They would beat you up, and they beat Jordan's butt uh, throughout that entire series. Well, after they got knocked out, and I think they got knocked out of that Eastern Conference series two years in a row. 
what Jordan did was that was when he became really, quote, difficult to work around. And that's where, and when I say that, what I mean was he went into leadership overdrive. And he said that, and basically what he did was he held every single player accountable on that team to get into the gym and to practice that entire offseason. Well, everybody else was on vacation while the Pistons, who went on to win the championship, partied it up and took vacations and enjoyed the offseason. The Bulls were in in Jordan, led by Jordan. Jordan was the one who made it, who, who led that charge for the entire team. So his leadership skills, that like second year into the league, when they just got beat by the Pistons and he was being called a one-man band who couldn't win championships, that was when he became difficult to work around. And when 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 players describe him as that, what they mean was he was he became a perfectionist. He became somebody who held everybody to an, a, a a super high standard, including himself. And they worked in that gym. They worked their butts off. He put on five, ten pounds of muscle, something like that. That was when he got Tim Grover, who's now, you know, popular because he was Jordan's trainer back then. Tim Grover became his personal trainer, and they went in and and took their entire game to the next level as a team, as a team, and came back the next year and won the championship. And then, of course, over the next you know several years, I don't think they won six in a row. They may have, but anyways. Obviously, the famous picture, six rings, they won six championships. And so, obviously, my big takeaway that stands out right off the back is right off the bat is the fact that a lot of people expect other people around them to do things that they're not willing to do. And I think that the number one highest paid skill in the world is leadership. I mean, sales and marketing is right up there. If you can't sell, if you can't market, you know, but leadership and my, Jordan showed that leadership on a team in sports. Now, you might say, well, being an athlete or being highly skilled at a sports, the highest paid because I can be Christian Romero or Rolando, whatever his name is, who makes tons of money over in the uh, in Europe playing soccer or some of these other athletes who are so highly paid. And well, that's the highest paid. Or I could be an entrepreneur. You know, I could be Bill Gates or I could be Jeff Bezos. But let me tell you something. You don't become that guy unless you develop your leadership skills. You just don't. Because in order for a team like the Bulls, in order for a company like Amazon, in order for anybody to, to a group of people to buy into the vision that a person has, they have to develop and have leadership skills. And what are leadership skills? I mean, first and foremost, my biggest like takeaway and the thing that I think is most important is work ethic. That leader, I can't expect my team to do something that I'm not willing to do. And my dad taught me that growing up doing work, construction, stuff like that. He never was the kind of guy who was like, yeah, go do that over there. He, as a matter of fact, he had a hard time putting down the tools. He he was always working, right? So I sort of learned and developed that skill, I think, early from him. And he also would practice and, and so forth with me in athletics. And I mean, even my stepdad did as well. Uh, my mom was also out in the game participating in 
the sports and the in the you know from a uh, like a um, administrative perspective. She became the baseball president at one time, like really involved in the league. So super involved in things. And I think that a lot of people expect that, you know, they can just being the boss means that I get to call the shots. I think that's a big problem right now with leadership in our world and in our country is that, you know, there's some people who are in leadership positions that are just kind of like shot callers. And I think that there's a, because the like shot caller and being a boss and telling people what to do is like often interpreted through movies and so forth or politics or whatever as that's what leadership is. Leadership is getting down in the trenches and being willing to work right alongside of everybody and not asking them to do anything that you're not willing to do. So I think Jordan's leadership abilities and how he kicked that into gear after that second season when they got booted out of the Eastern Conference Finals and got their butts kicked by the Detroit Pistons and they worked their butts off in the offseason and he went in and did all that personal training and put all that muscle on. He wanted to be able to be physical down in the paint. That was a huge leadership move on his part and it paid off because now all of a sudden he really truly became their leader, not just on the field or on the court, but off the court. You know what I mean? Off the court, which I think is where it's most important. Me, you know, delivering, we have a big team here at Legendary and we have a community at Legendary. And I've always been the kind of leader that is like I teach marketing and I've, I've had the blessing to teach marketing. God's given me the skill set to be able to do things and then halfway be able to explain what I'm doing and I've always maintained the the idea that I want to be in the trenches. I still want to be marketing and selling and building my business. I don't ever want to be one of these guys who just is teaching business and marketing but not actually running a business. There's a lot of those people out there. There's a lot of people who are teaching sales but don't actually have a sales team and aren't actually closing sales on a daily basis. Like I teach sales and marketing, but we have a big sales team at Legendary, we're closing, working sales, making sales every day. And guess what? We've had some sales managers and so forth, but I've always been involved and I'm actually leading and quote unquote managing that team as we speak right now, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're going to earn the respect of your team, the biggest thing that you have to do is be willing to do exactly what you're asking them to do. And I think that, like, for me, that was a huge takeaway for, you know, that. And just to see how that went down. Like, you can imagine that somebody like Jordan, Magic, Larry Bird, you know, some of these great athletes, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, Babe Ruth. You know, you could just list them off. You could imagine that they were probably pretty good leaders of their teams. But you don't really know. You know, you don't really know. Um what I learned about the dream team, if you guys remember the dream team, it was the Olympic team. I think back in, it was in the early nineties. It was when every, like they got, they had magic. They had Larry, they had Jordan. That was when be basketball became highly popularized around the entire world. Um, if you remember or watch the last dance, you'll, you'll, you'll remember that um, they, they played Croatia in the final game against Tony Kukoc and simultaneously the Bulls Jerry Krause the GM was trying to recruit Tony Kukoc 
And uh, instead of paying Scottie Pippen more money, uh, the GM was actually negotiating first with with Kukoc, uh, which was sort of some of the drama in the series. And I think that brings an entertainment level uh, that that makes the series even more interesting. It all happened though. But anyways, back to my my point about the dream team and in people you know that leadership behind the scenes you assume that people are leading you assume that just because somebody is a great individual player that people want to be around them or that they have great teams that they're leading or that they're great team players or that they're able to like successfully lead people and people like them but the opposite was true for Isaiah Thomas and even though Isaiah Thomas back in that in that dream team era qualified to be on the dream team like they had won championships Isaiah was a great player because of his lack of leadership skills and his lack of sportsmanship the entire dream team at least this is the assumption uh and it was said I mean it was said in in an indirect way on the documentary that those guys didn't even want to play with Isaiah Thomas so everybody on the team was like against him even being on the dream team and he never he he wasn't on the dream team. He wasn't asked to be on that Olympic dream team. And so I've seen this also a lot in the online marketing space in the entrepreneur space is that somebody will be a great individual marketer or great individual entrepreneur, good at what they do as an individual. Maybe they're really charismatic or something, but they can't keep a team together. They can't work well with others. And I've seen this a lot. Like I've seen this a lot to where somebody will have even a, a big following online, but be actually rather successful behind the scenes because they're just a, they're just a dick. They're just, they're just mean to their team and they don't have anybody that's loyal to them. And they just, because I mean, ultimately in the game of sports and in the game of marketing and entrepreneurship, you don't succeed by yourself. Like you just don't. Just like Jordan couldn't win a ring being the superstar with a with a mediocre team. You don't win in business alone. You just don't. You have to be able to cultivate a team. You have to be able to work with people. You have to be able to have mutual respect amongst the people that you're working with or leading and a lot of that, again, goes back to being willing to get in the trenches with them. And even if you might have the title as boss or leader or owner, or CEO or whatever, even if it's just manager, being willing to get in the trenches with them. Now, there's other aspects that I think make people want to follow you and listen to you and respect you. I mean, obviously, listening to people and having empathy towards people and just not being a jerk and you know, being clear, a clear communicator. And like, there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think at the end of the day, your team knowing that you're willing to work as hard or work harder than them is one of the biggest, it's it's like one of the biggest ways to earn people's respect and to be able to effectively lead a team. So anyways, I may talk about this a bit more this week, but I think that for you guys who are trying to build businesses and eventually you want to scale, you want to lead teams. Maybe you're leading teams right now. Maybe, you, and, I, and I really think that these are skills to be able to develop early rather than late. You know, it can be too late to develop some of these skills because you miss opportunities. 
you start to have some success and momentum and then all of a sudden you need to start building your team and it's like ugh I don't really know how to handle this. Like, I, I don't know why I'm not connecting with people. I don't know why people are not listening to me. You know, I don't know why I'm not earning their respect. And it's easy to blame things on other people, but the common denominator in all of our problems is usually always us, right? So it's it's a great documentary to go and watch. It's called The Last Dance. Check it out. Um, that's all I have for you today. I'm going to get to work, right? Because uh, my only job is not to do this show i'm just trying to bring extra value so if you got value from this then share it you know drop me a comment let me know let me know if you have a question you got a video topic or uh, an idea or a question that i can touch on in a future show we've got a great lineup this week we've got four guests coming on this week um i'll tell you quickly who they are we've got tomorrow we have got let me see here Gotta find my, gotta find my, uh, gotta find my channel here. Tomorrow we've got Ryan Hildreth. He's a big YouTuber. Um, on Wednesday we've got Ace Ready. He's a big ecom dude who's crushing it with Facebook ads. Uh, on Thursday we got Thomas Garrett. He's crushing it with YouTube and TikTok right now, doing affiliate marketing. And then on Friday we've got Christopher Kelly who's a business plan advisor here inside of Legendary, uh, great at sales. Um, it, it, he'll be a terrific guest. So we've got a lot of value that's lined up for you this week. So make sure you tune in. You're going to learn something from every single one of those people. We're going to continue to try to bring you success stories, leaders, people who are crushing it, doing what they're doing. So you can just have a little bit of inspiration and value each and every day and uh, then get to work, okay? Then go in and, and, and jam out your day, which is exactly what I'm gonna do right now. So tune in again with me tomorrow, all right? On Wake Up Legendary, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Again, Monday through Friday. Share this with somebody too. Uh, if you're an affiliate for Legendary, share it with your link. Um, talk about our Business Builder Challenge. Drop your link there. And if you wanna know how to start a business online selling high-ticket products for high-ticket commissions um, and selling products that people already want to buy. Not, you know, I mean, this is a legitimate, typically we teach people to sell education products because they're so high value, high margin. We'll show you exactly how to do that in 15 days. You can go to www.onlinebusinessbuilderchallenge.com onlinebusinessbuilderchallenge.com um, and you can check that out you can register at seven bucks to get started with that so it's like a super high value deal um, go check that out and i'll see you back here tomorrow be legendary